Gosh, that was weak. Good morning. Come on, wake up. It's joyful. It's Sunday. And it's a new year. So, uh, you know, I, I've been to a many different churches, and uh, I've been in a couple different bodies of believers. And, you know, I really enjoy my time and, and my fellowship with all you guys. And I enjoy our pastor because, you know, he, he is scripture, biblical pastor. And there's a lot. That, I mean, I've been to churches where that doesn't happen. And it's much appreciative. And uh, so, and as you all know, it's his birthday. So our first song is going to be Happy Birthday to you. Happy Birthday to you. Happy Birthday, dear Jeff. Happy Birthday to you. this real quick. I thought there's got to be a day, if there's ever a day that I could wear and preach with my Broncos jersey on, it's on my birthday when they play the Chiefs. So <laughs> I didn't want to, I didn't, I want to take advantage of this because you guys can't get mad at me on my birthday, right? So, so that's why I took advantage of this. Uh, but I, I, I did have wrote up here that, uh, so you can't, you can't literally be that upset, but I did have wrote up here that uh, I was told they're convening a new pastor search committee this afternoon. So if you guys want to join that, but in all seriousness, thank you guys. Let's worship our Lord Jesus, right? Yeah.
Thank you, guys. All right, so I'm glad you're here this morning. Everyone got up early. We got to sleep in a little bit because we didn't have Sunday school, but I'm glad you're here. We probably stayed up last night and watched the new year come in. And I'm always excited about the new year because uh, we, we're, we're going to look back today. We're going to look back at 2022 and some amazing things happened in 2022 with this church body. Um, and a lot of good stuff happened. And it's also a time to look back and say, okay, how did I serve the kingdom? And how am I going to serve the kingdom in 2023? And uh, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be in the book of Proverbs on Wednesday nights. And so today, I'm going to be in the book of Proverbs this morning. So I'm just glad to be here, excited to be here with my brothers and sisters. So let's open with a word of prayer, and we'll have our welcoming time. Lord Jesus, I, I thank you, Lord, for this morning. And another new year is here. And uh, Lord, thank you for all the blessings that you've given us in 2022. Lord, thank you for the trials uh, that you gave us in 2022, that we could grow closer to you, Lord, and depend on you more. And uh, Lord, I, I pray as we look into 2023 that, uh, Lord, we love you more. We love you more and we read your word more and we draw closer to you. We serve you more, Lord, out of a, a, a joyful, thankful heart for what you've done for us. And uh, Lord, I, I'm, I'm excited to be here today to worship you. Thank you, Lord, for bringing this body here. We love you and we thank you, God. In your name I pray. Amen. Take a couple minutes this morning. Welcome, everyone.
Thank you guys. You may be seated this morning. Got a few announcements. Um, so Freeway will be starting up again this week, Saturday night at 5.30 uh, for dinner and the service uh, right after at 6 o'clock. Wednesday nights, this is going to be the last week of the adult class upstairs on marriage. After that, we'll be starting a study on the book of Proverbs. So I'm really excited about that study. I think it's going to be really good. The ladies are also, I believe, going to be jumping into one. Same time, it's up in the air 
we'll get back to you next week. But it's probably going to be uh, a, a Bible study uh, for the ladies also on that. Uh, but if you don't come on Wednesday nights, if you normally don't come on Wednesday nights, please come. Wednesday. We have a great time. We have cooking teams that cook a big meal for everybody, so you don't have to worry about trying to get around and cook breakfast or dinner for the family. You can come on Wednesday nights and, and do that. Um, coffee this week is what day was that? I, did, I didn't write it down. Friday. Tomorrow at 8.30 at Prickly Cactus. Tomorrow morning, 8.30 at Prickly Cactus uh, for coffee and breakfast, ladies. Also, the ladies' craft day is next Sunday. Next Sunday is going to be a big day. Next Sunday, we have Freeway Sunday. John Stroop will be here uh, preaching. If you never heard John preach, come next week for Freeway. It's a, it's a great service. Uh, but and, and the next Sunday afternoon, from 1 to 4 is ladies craft day get a hold of pat if you have any questions she's back there in the back uh, and she can answer any of your questions on that ladies saturday january 21st is men's prayer breakfast at 8 a.m at grillo's so that's on the calendar we are having it um also just a big thank you guys for wednesday night you totally didn't need to do anything but thank you guys for dinner and the cake wednesday night and um you just do way too much for us but we really appreciate that uh, and then next Sunday also, this is an important one, fellas, they're having a group discipleship. So group discipleship for guys next Sunday, starting every Sunday afternoon at 4.30, unless we tell you otherwise. And so what that is, is maybe you've wanted to go through discipleship, get to know some of the other men in the church. Uh, they have discipleship at 4.30, and then men's Bible study at 6 o'clock. Well, they'll be starting that up again next Sunday night. No men's study tonight because of the holiday uh, but we'll, it will be all starting up again uh, next week. Also, uh, Sunday, not next Sunday, but Sunday after, we're going to have a business meeting. Got some exciting stuff from the finance team on the new building. So we're going to be presenting that. Uh, we'll be getting some charts and graphs and stuff put up on where we're at on, on starting a new building. They're talking to the bank. Um, got some really, just really exciting news on that. So please try to come, stay. It will be right after the morning service. Uh, not next Sunday, but the Sunday after, right after the morning service. It won't take too long, but definitely want to get the information out to you guys uh, and the plan and all that stuff. So anybody else have anything on announcements? Anything else on announcements? When once, twice, sure. Okay, if you would stand this morning, let's take up our morning offering. We'll have our time of worship today. Uh, and then we'll jump into God's word uh, together. So let's let's uh, pray again. Lord Jesus, I thank you, uh, God, this morning again that we're here. And as we, we give back to you, God, I, I, I pray that, Lord, it will uh, further your kingdom, God, here on a local level, on a national level, and around the world, Lord, that the gospel will be preached. Uh, as we enter our time of worship, God, it is uh, worship is giving also. And so, Lord, we worship you. We acknowledge that everything is yours, and, and Lord, we're just stewards, and so let us be good stewards this morning. Let us lift our voices and praise to you, uh, God, and, and, and all the attention this morning be on you, Lord, because it's about you, not anything else, uh, Lord, because we love you, and we thank you, Lord, for dying for us. It's in your name I pray. Amen.
awesome this morning, by the way. You made me cry, so thank you. All right, guys, you may be seated this morning. We're going to read scripture here in just a minute, but um, you can you can get ready to, to, to turn and, and read there. Proverbs chapter 3 is where we're at this morning. Proverbs chapter 3. Uh, and and I, it's, you know, it's the start of a new year, um, and probably some of you have spent this week or maybe doing final inventory or doing year-end inventory count at work. That's usually what happens the last week of work in some factories or uh, maybe meeting with your accountant. Maybe you spent time this week meeting with your accountant, looking at how, how your year looked or um, if, if you needed to 
spend money or whatever you needed to do or uh, maybe you spent time this week looking at your budget for 2023 or planning ahead. Um, the kids always around Christmas break, they start getting semester grades and um, I've spent a lot of time this week, not a lot of time, but I've spent time this week looking over QuickBooks and looking at my business and customers and projections for next year and what can I do better, uh, what can I work on, what, what, how can I spend less money in certain areas, how can you make more money. It's kind of just a, a time usually at the end of the year where you look back and you want to evaluate things. You want to evaluate things in your life. Uh, a lot of people uh, on January 1st or New Year's night last night, they make these things called New Year's resolutions, right? And they like, how, how can I get physically more fit? Or how can I, I mean, they make all sorts of resolutions, whatever it is. Um, and so this morning, what I want to start off doing this morning is I just want to look back on 2022 real quick and acknowledge our Lord and Savior for what he's done in this church this year uh, and some of the awesome, amazing things. I had Jeannie look this up because uh, I didn't want to be wrong, but uh, last year, we had 12 baptisms uh, at Crossbridge in 2022. So that's one every month. Um, guys, that doesn't sound like a lot, and, and I think we can obviously share the gospel more in 2023, but I know there's uh, quite a few churches that have zero, 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 zero every year for consecutive years. So to me, it's a great, it's a great thing. We've had 12 baptisms this year. Uh, we ordain new deacons. Uh, our, our, we, we share the gospel. Virtually every single week on Saturday night, Mike does with Freeway Ministry. Uh, we have, we've had numerous outreaches this year over at the park where we fed hundreds of people, where we've sat down and we've shared the gospel with people one-on-one. -on -one. We've went door-to-door -door this year, uh, knocking on doors, inviting people, sharing the gospel. Uh, we purchased a new church bus that's now completely paid for. If you haven't ever been on the church bus, it's very, very nice. Uh, it's, it's great for the youth to take on trips, for the bus ministry to go, go pick people up. Um, we, we're, we faithfully supported Choices Pregnancy Center in the fight against abortion this year uh, at, at the Walk for Life, at the banquets. Uh, we've had numerous, our activities team has done an amazing job this year with numerous fellowship events uh, at people's houses and here at church. We've had celebrations. We've had numerous weddings this year of, of our brothers and sisters that have come together united in marriage. Uh, it, there are just so many uh, things. The faithful dedication of many of you of this church this year and supporting the ministries. And, and the ministries of the church are ministries of you. You are the church body. Uh, and so you sh I want to commend you this morning for how 2022, 2022 went. Uh, we, we, we're all, we're, we were on the same page. We had unity. It was just, it, I, I thought it was a great year. Um, but now here's what I want to do this morning too. You want to look back and see some of the amazing things that have happened this year. But you also, also want to look towards 2023 and you say, okay, how can I grow in Christ more? What can I look to improve on in 2023? Because I don't think we can ever get at any area of our life or any time of our life, are we ever going to be able to say that I've arrived, that I've figured it all out, that I have reached the pinnacle of complete sanctification. The only time we reach the pinnacle of complete sanctification and complete growth in Christ is when we take our last breath here and we're with Him in heaven. And so until then, I, I, I want to always evaluate and say, okay, what did I do for Christ this year on a personal level? Like, what did I do for Jesus? How did I serve 
this body? How did I serve my Lord and Savior? And, and so what I want to, I'm going to ask some questions this morning. And when I'm asking these questions, I'm asking them to myself. Uh, and, and I want you to ask these same questions of yourself. And we're in Proverbs chapter 3, because in Proverbs chapter 3, it's going to be verses 1 through 12. Uh, Proverbs is, is known to be written by Solomon. We're going to be teaching out of Proverbs on Wednesday nights, like I said earlier. Uh, Solomon was considered, other than Christ, the wisest man who ever lived. He asked God for wisdom, and God said, because you have asked for wisdom, I'm going to give you everything else too, including wisdom. And so Solomon was extremely wise, and he, he wrote a book uh, inspired by God called Proverbs. And they're great, great, it's great advice to how to live your life honoring God. And so there's some almost like New Year's resolutions here that we're going we're gonna to cover. Um, but some of these questions that, that, that I want to ask myself this morning is, how did I serve Christ? How did I use my gifts to serve the kingdom? Uh, how, how, did I, how did I reach people with evangelism? How many people did I share the gospel with? And, and even if your gift isn't evangelism, I totally get that. How many people did you invite to come and hear the gospel being shared, or, or, or took someone else uh, to share the gospel with them. That, that is legitimately the most important job of the church, is spreading the gospel of Christ, right? Let's take it even another direction. Maybe, I, I, I always remember, uh, I, I just love Miss Joanne. I've known Miss Joanne for my entire life, and I used to mow her yard when I was just a little lad, and uh, I, I just love Miss Joanne, but the first time I had a meeting with Miss Joanne, she told me something, and I'd never want to correct somebody uh, like Miss Joanne, because I just wouldn't want to, but I kind of did in that first meeting. She said, I, I just don't have very much to offer the church, is what she told me. And I said, oh, yes you do, Miss Joanne. You can take one of our prayer lists every single week and pray for everybody in the church. And you can be a prayer warrior in this church. I'll never forget me telling her that. And, and so maybe you're, maybe you've, you physically you're not, you can't wait tables and you can't do things. But oh my goodness, how many people can you pray for? And not just tell somebody, yeah, I'll pray for you. And not like just a comment on Facebook, I'll keep you in my prayers. But legitimately, when you see a prayer request go out, you pray for the person and you pray for the church. I'll tell you what. I, that changes things. Prayer warriors change things. So everybody in this room can do something for Christ, right? And then I start to think about, uh, and, and something I'm going to talk a little bit this morning is, uh, in a couple of weeks, the finance team is going to hand out year-end contributions that you can use for tax purposes. What did I do with what God has entrusted me with to be a steward over? How did I use that to further his kingdom, right? Uh, so, so we're all stewards, right? Everything that we have is, in, is given to us by God. God owns everything. And we're simply stewards. So how did I, in my giving and managing of what's God, how did I use that? How did I use that to glorify the kingdom? What can I do different this year? What are the areas of my life that I need to grow in? Do I need to be more merciful? I'm talking about myself. I need to be more merciful. I've taken the spiritual gifts test. Guess who has the lowest gift of mercy probably in this church? Me. Guarantee it. I'm bottomed out there, right? So, and I see like every year I need to be more merciful. I, I, I need to be more merciful. It's just things I can work on and get better at, right? Uh, and, and 
every year we make these resolutions and we think about what we can do. What we can do. Well, here are some resolutions in Scripture from the wisest person who ever lived. And I'm going to break several of them down this morning. Here, here let's read together. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. It says this, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be, wise, be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him who he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. So here's, there's five that I want to cover this morning. And I'll go through them pretty quick. But here's five New Year's resolutions are things that we can do to honor God. Because this was this isn't about. This isn't about us changing our behavior, us having behavior modification, right? This is about five ways that we can honor God more in the coming year that, that are kind of blankets. Because most people, when they make a New Year's resolution, what are they thinking about? They're thinking about ways to look better or live longer. They're, they're thinking about ways to have more. Uh, Maybe thinking about ways they can get along with everybody. So longevity, prosperity, and peace. That's not what this is about. This is about what are some ways that I can honor God more. And, and here Solomon, he starts off this chapter with saying a very matter-of-fact statement. He says, don't forget my teaching, my son. Do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart. For they're going to prolong your life. For many years and bring you prosperity. So he says if you do these, if you follow the Lord, if you keep these commands, things are going to go well in your life. Your life is going to be different. God is, you're going to be more Christ-like. You're going to be more, more godly, right? Now not just saying them, but putting them into practice. That's when it becomes difficult, right, in our lives. So we have to think on these things. So here's the first one. It's found in verses 3 through 4. It says, let love and faithfulness never leave you or forsake you. So let me break this down real quick. Love and faithfulness. These should be almost like guiding lights for our lives in everything that we do. Love and faithfulness to God. They should be a foundation for us. What's the definition of love? I want to break these down. Definition of love is deep affection, fondness, warmth, attachment, devotion, worship, passion, or yearning. Faithfulness is keeping faith, maintaining allegiance, constant, loyal, showing a strong sense of duty or responsibility. So what does that look like in our lives? What does love and faithfulness look like in our lives? Well, when you love Jesus and you are worshiping Jesus, you have a passion for him. You have a desire for him that he is the most important thing in your life. When you, when you get married, and I've done several weddings this year, when you get married and you're telling that person that you love them, you are telling them that, hey, you're going to be the most important person in my life on this earth. 
I love you. I'm going to be devoted to you. I'm going to have passion towards you. We should be loving and devoting and have passion to God. Do you have passion to be with the Lord Jesus? Do you have passion in worship, in prayer, in service to the Lord? Do you have devotion in that? And the key word, the key word in this is showing. It's not, it's not our lip service. It's not something just a, 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 that we mouth the statement. There's too, sometimes we have way too much lip service and not enough action. Our actions behind it. Do I have a passion for the Lord Jesus Christ? And what drives that passion? Why do we love Christ? Because he first loved us. It all goes back to thinking about what Jesus did for me on the cross. What he did for you on the cross. When you think about that, I, I, I had on uh, the movie The Passion of the Christ the other night. Man, I, I encourage you, I encourage you to either watch that or open scripture. If you don't like the movie, whatever, open scripture and read about what Jesus did for you. He did that for you. And when you acknowledge that and you believe that, that wells up inside of you a passion and a love that you love him and care for him and you want to serve him. That's, that is what love looks like when you love Christ. The faithfulness. What does this mean? How, how does this practically look in our lives? That no matter what happens in your life, you don't give up. You don't quit. You're solid in your commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. One of the hardest things I think I've ever that I have to deal with or, or we see in ministry is people that Jesus describes in Scripture that make a profession of faith in Christ and they receive the message with joy but quickly cares of this world and sin drowns it out and they leave. It's one of the saddest things that I, that, that, that I see. Kind of like the revolving door. Faithfulness is being a Christian through the good and the bad, no matter what. If you, if you think that, oh, I'm going to be a follower of Christ because it's always going to be fun, it's not. It's not. It's hard. It's hard. Being, Jesus said, people aren't going to like you. If they hated me, they're going to hate you. When you stand on biblical truth, some people aren't going to like you. Listen, we, we need to set an example as pastors, elders, deacons, to challenge ourselves to set the example of service, of what trusting in God, being faithful to Him, and in, in loving Him, having passion for Him. Now here's a warning in this though, because what I don't want to do, I read this this morning, I added it to the sermon, I want to read it to you this morning. It, I'm reading a devotion, it's called The Spiritual Danger of Doing Good. And you think, what in the world? That makes no sense. That makes no sense. But I read this this morning, I thought, man, this is great, I need to share this, because I, what I don't want is people to fall into the spiritual danger of doing good. Here's what it says. I read this morning. It says, Doing good is in style. From the shoes we wear to the causes we support, there is a renewed emphasis on serving, giving, and going. We wear bracelets. We sign petitions. We attend conferences. We volunteer. A movement of doing good is gaining momentum, and a growing number of people are putting their faith into action by responding to local and global needs. It's inspiring to, deserve, to observe or take part in. But doing good can have a dark side. For virtually my entire life, I've been actively involved in ministry. I've participated in mission trips, volunteered locally and abroad, worked full-time in international development, and I noticed something alarming. I have seen friends and mentors serving sacrificially 
doing extraordinary work for Jesus. But despite their dedication, things went wrong. Burnout, infidelity, loss of faith, financial compromise, breakdowns. And when I looked at my own life, I saw that even at the pinnacle of my good work, I desperately needed to discover a new way of doing good. When I looked to scripture, what I found troubled me. Men and women of God were just as likely to blow it as everyone else. Seminary professor Dr. J. Robert Clinton found that only one out of three biblical leaders avoided abusing their power or doing something harmful to themselves and others. Only one in three finished well. In my zeal, I made service into the ultimate thing, opening myself to the spiritual dangers of doing good. And I'm afraid I'm not alone. The church today is zealous and we are doing great things. But my concern is that in doing great things for God, we will forget who we are in Him. Proverbs says, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Everything flows from the heart, our motivations, our desires, our good deeds. Without evaluating our motives, it is possible to love our service more than our love Savior. It is possible to love working without being in love with the King. It is possible to be so proud of all we're doing for God that pride chokes our faith. We must ask ourselves, why do we serve? Unearthing to answer this question may help, help us rediscover the true heart of service. And here's the verses that he shared with this. It's Matthew 6, 1 through 4. It says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father in heaven. So whenever you give to the poor, don't sound your trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be applauded by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you give to the poor, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So what's the point? Why would I share that right here in the middle of this point? Because our love and faithfulness should not be a show for people. Our love and faithfulness should be because we love our Savior. And we're in love with Him. And we want to be more Christ-like to Him. We want, we want to be more like Him in every area of our life. So there's a danger in this sermon that you think, Okay, well, if I just start doing things, that it's all going to work out. No, no, no. It's not what I'm saying. This whole sermon, I want to make sure we always go back to the point of we're, we're, we're changing our behavior because we're loving God more. Not to earn favor, earn righteousness or anything else, but because we love God more. Alright, here's the second one. Second, second thing. It's found in verses 5 and 6 back in Proverbs. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. So what's trust? It is firm belief or confidence in something. It's you're believing, you're relying on it. It's faith and resilience of a person or a thing. It's a confident expectation or anticipation to hope. What does God, trusting God, look like? It means that when everything else is, you're knee deep in the garbage of this world, your, your faith is in Christ. You're trusting in Him. You're not trusting in how good the ride's going. You're trusting that He's taking you on the ride. No matter what, you're just putting your faith and trust in Him. When horrible things happen in our lives that we don't have answers to, that we don't understand, why am I going through this, God? When cancer strikes a loved one, when you're having family problems, 
You just keep trusting in Jesus. You just keep focused on Him. I guarantee you, somebody in this room today, in 2023, is going to ha- maybe me, is going to have to deal with devastating things in their life. Family members dying. Sickness. Death. Whatever it is. At those points, when it's the hardest, that's when we have to trust God the most. That's when we have to keep putting our faith and trust in Him. It's acknowledging Him. The definitions of the word acknowledge in this passage. Here's the definitions. To admit to be true or stated. To recognize the authority or claims of. When you acknowledge God, when you're acknowledging Him, you're recognizing the authority that He has in your life. When you have professed Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. When you make Jesus your Lord, what are you doing? You're saying, you have control over my life, God. You have control over who I am. I'm setting aside my desires because I'm following you. I want to live a life honoring you. To acknowledge God is to trust Him. To turn control over your life to Him. What does acknowledging look like? It rec- first, you have to recognize that you have a need for Him. That you can't live without Him. That everything else could be gone. Everything else can be gone. But if I just have Jesus, it is what a saying? Enough. It's enough. You know, heaven is going to be amazing one day. It's going to be amazing. And the Bible gives us some clues about what heaven's going to be like. We don't know for sure. We know there's gold and pearly gates. And there's Jesus says, I'm going to prepare rooms for you. We, uh, Paul says, our eye has never seen, nor the heart of man imagined. God has prepared for those who love him. So we don't know exactly, but I know that nothing as beautiful as I've ever seen, from the, the, the beaches in Florida to the mountains in Colorado and Montana, just beautiful things that God has created. Our eyes have never seen what he has created for us in heaven. We can't even imagine what it's going to be like is what Paul says, Right? As amazing as all that sounds, if there was none of that, but if there was just Jesus, would it be enough? It should be. Because he died for us. The the most thing that we should look forward to about eternity is spending time with Christ. Acknowledging him in your life is that he's enough. He's enough. I don't need money. I don't need houses or cars. I don't need anything else but Christ. You know, we in America have very much lost sight of that folks because of our vast wealth you say well i'm not wealthy oh you are you are in the top one percent everybody in this room of wealth worldwide all of us are we have lost sight of is jesus enough our brothers and sisters around the world who sit in jail for being followers of christ guess what christ is enough for them we need to get back to christ is enough he's enough he's enough and this, this following the Lord on this path, it's not always perfect. There are going to be hills and valleys in your life. I, I, one, one thing I love that, uh, about getting to travel into different towns, and I have different customers all over, and I get to talk to them and visit with them and get to know them and, and hear their stories, and they, I, get to, I can just sit and talk to them as long as I want to. We can go out to breakfast. Sometimes I'll take them out to lunch and I'll just sit and visit with my customers and get to know them and their families. And sometimes we'll be at ball games and somebody will run over and give me a hug and Selena's like, who in the world is that dude? And I'm like, well, that guy's the general manager of this plant over in Lamar or whatever. 
But I get to drive around and see people and visit with them. And one cool thing is I, I, I don't like taking the highway. Unless I'm kind of in a hurry, I would rather take the back road. And on the back road, though, it's like this. And my kids, half of the kids get car sick. And so when we go on vacation, I'm not allowed to take the back roads. And they'll even tell me, we'll pull out of the driveway, Dad, are you taking the fast way or are you going the back roads? Because they know. But the back roads, you see, beautiful country, but it's hilly, right? Hills on the way back from Lamar and Stockton. If you go down 215, oh man, there's some hills. You go up over some of them hills and it looks like you're going to fall off a cliff, right? Well, listen, that's how our lives are in this world being followers of Christ. It's not always I-44 straight to the target. It's like this. It's like this. It's like this. Always hilly and bumpy. But you know what? He's enough. He's enough. He is enough. All right. Acknowledging Him in your life. Here's the third one. Now, I've probably spent more time on the first two than I will on these others, but we'll go through these other ones pretty quick. Here's the third one. It's found back in Proverbs 3, verses 7 and 8. Not to be wise in your own eyes. What does that mean? You know anybody who thinks they just know it all? They have it all figured out. They know it all. They know everything, right? They don't need God. They don't need the Bible. The reverent fear of God is a good thing in our lives, folks. Not to be wise in our own eyes, but to look to Christ for the answers. The amazing thing. The amazing thing about our Lord, He didn't leave us trying to figure out how to live a life honoring Him. He didn't just say, good luck, right? He gave us this amazing book to read. You having problems in your life with whatever it is? It's found right here. It's found right here. Not to be wise in our own eyes is to look to God for the answers. Not to trust in yourself. Not try to work it out in your own. But to trust Christ. To, to, to trust Him, to, to lean in on His understanding, not to try to figure it out on my own, but to look to Him. Go back to, to verses 7 and 8 again. It also says, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. What is fearing the Lord? That's a reverent fear of who God is. It's a reverent fear of God. It's not that, oh my goodness, I can't. We can boldly approach the throne of grace is what scripture says. A reverent fear of God is that he's the creator of the universe. He has saved me and I want to honor him with what I do with my life. And I have a reverent fear that God, listen, if I decided to go off the rails and start preaching a false gospel and start telling you all that there's multiple ways to heaven and it's only through I firmly believe that God could take me out in an instant and listen we should have a reverent fear of God that that look not, not that we lose our salvation that we don't want to disappoint the one who saved us that we want to live a life honoring him because he saved us that is not being wise in your own eyes that's not looking to yourself, it's looking to Christ and His example. Alright, here's the fourth one. Honoring the Lord with your wealth. Verses 9 and 10. Now, tithing, as people say, is an Old Testament principle. Okay? It's an Old Testament principle. I'm not a preacher who ever talks about this because it's an Old Testament principle. But what does God expect out of us? He wants our best. 
He wants us to give joyfully and cheerfully, and He wants our best. We are told that we are supposed to be good stewards of what God has blessed us with. Now listen, this isn't, I don't know, I don't know, you know in your own individual life. You have to ask yourself this, every single year, we should ask ourselves, am I being a good steward of the gifts that God has given me? Of the, of, of the blessings. I, I know a, a young man who I think is very intelligent. I think he would do a great job uh, in, in ministry. And he was in ministry for a very short time. And I don't know that he's going to be anymore. And I, I called him a few weeks ago. And I gave him a pretty stern talking to, a pep talk. And I said, listen, don't waste the gift that God has given you. God's given you the ability to stand and preach the word. Why don't you? You have to. You don't have a choice. You don't have a choice. Now I say that, but I say that to all of us. That God has given us gifts and abilities that you shouldn't squander. Listen, it's my birthday today. I'm 43 years old. It has went by in a, oh, a blur. Every year goes by faster. I told Dustin Wednesday night, I said, with them boys, I said, have fun with them boys right now because one day they're going to be seniors in high school overnight, right? Listen, we only have so long, church, to serve our Lord Jesus before we're meeting. Don't squander the opportunity that God is going to give you in 2023 to serve Him and use your gifts. Don't squander the opportunity that God is going to give you to bless people. To serve people and to, to do it without your left hand knowing what your right hand is doing. When you help somebody, help them. Don't expect them to do something back for you. When you give, give honestly and justly and righteously before God. Don't, listen, there's examples. You can read one in Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 10. There was a couple that had some property. They were pretty wealthy. And they said, we're going to, they told the church, we're going to sell our property and we're going to give all the money to God. And they told everybody, well, come time for the sale. And they said, well, let's take a little cut. We may want to go to Maui or, they didn't say that, you can read the verses, but no telling what they were thinking. We want to take a cut. They brought the money and they said, here it is, church. Here's all the money. That's what they said. And Peter, Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit. God told Peter, better line, Peter. Peter said, why are you being so wicked and deceitful? That you, I'm paraphrasing. Why don't you read it? It's Acts chapter 5. Why are you being wicked and deceitful that you told people you were going to give the full amount, yet you held some for yourself? It was yours to do with what you wanted to. But not only who would you lie to, you lied to God. And because you did that, they're going to bury you today. And the guy went, and he fell over dead. They went out and buried him. His name was Ananias. His wife came in a couple hours later and said, oh, did you get our gift? Uh, she, I don't know if she talked like that, but generally, did you get the full amount? And you, what'd they say? The same thing that happened to your husband is going to happen to you. Because you lied to God. And she went, oh, fell over dead. And they went out and buried her. And you know what the scripture says, the last verse? Fear of the Lord swept the church. What, what's that? It's a reverent fear of God. That you better be being honest. 
with God. With God, not with men, with God about how we give. About how we give. Turn to Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to read you one other verse on this. Matthew chapter 6. Verses 25 through 33. Here's many times why we don't give. This is why we don't give most of the time, if we don't. It's because we're not trusting God. We're trying to be wise in our own eyes. Because we worry. What is the number one thing adults worry about? Money. Am I going to have enough to pay the bills? And I get it. I understand. Because what? Inflation has went through the roof. Thanks, Uncle Joe. Gas is through the roof. Everything is through the roof. I get it. I totally get it. Here's what Jesus says. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valued than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his life of span? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Let I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not a rain like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not more clothe you? O you of little faith. Therefore, don't be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things. And your heavenly Father knows you need them all. What does he say? But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Hmm. Jesus says, stop worrying. Sleep good at night. Go to bed. Get seven or eight hours of sleep. Stop worrying all night. Trust me. If you just seek me first. Jesus says, if you seek me first in my kingdom, I'll take care of you. That's what he says. Now, how does he take care of you? You may feel like there's no way anyone's going to take care of you. And many times, brothers and sisters, you know how he meets that need? Through another brother and sister. I don't know any of my brothers and sisters in this room right now that are hungry or homeless. And if you are, I need to know about it. Now, you notice brothers and sisters. Because that's what scripture says. All right? We meet each other's needs in love through Christ. Christ takes care of us. You ever been in a spot in your life where you just think, there's no way this is going to work out, and yet it works out? It's God meeting a need. How many of us believe this morning, without a doubt, don't raise your hand, how many of us believe everything that Jesus said in the Bible 100%? Do you believe that? If you do, why don't we do it? If I really believe that following Christ, loving the Lord, will fix my marriage, fix my life, fix my finances, will bring me joy and peace that passes all understanding, why don't I just follow Christ then? Why doesn't 2023 just be the year that we just follow the Lord? We just honor Him. The first, you know what it says? The first of your crops, not the leftovers. You trust Him with the best. Did Jesus give us the best on the cross? Oh, yeah. Give everything. He didn't give us the leftovers. You know, 
leftovers are, unless you're eating twice baked potatoes or something, the leftovers are never good as the first. I mean, mama, they're good, okay? <laughs> but they're not as good as the first time it's made, right? Why would we think that our Lord and Savior would be happy when we give him leftovers? He wouldn't be. He wouldn't be. Here's the last one. Don't despise the Lord's discipline. When I was a kid, I was ornery. My, my parents have so many stories that when I, I mean, I get after my son who's sleeping in church. Wake up, son. I get after my son. How'd you fall asleep during this sermon? I'm being loud and everything. Did you stay up too late last night? I just smoked him out, right? So when, I'm, when I was little and I misbehaved, what would my parents do? They smoked me out. That's what I call it. I call it getting smoked out. It wasn't because my parents hated me. It was because they loved me. They cared about me. They didn't want me to end up spending my life in prison. So they, they taught me. They didn't want me to grow up to be a heathen. When we get off track with God, when, when we get off track, when he expects his children, when he expects us to do things and we don't do it, what does he do? He smokes it. He disciplines us. Now listen, how does he do that? Conviction. Conviction. He convicts you that you're not living a life honoring him. And, and he, can, hey, he can take things away. He can discipline you. Now listen, how does that happen? Well, right here today, I have talked about areas of our life that maybe you feel like, man, I just got smoked today. That wasn't by the preacher. Listen to me, brothers and sisters. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit working in your life. Now, here's the thing. Here's the deal. What are, what's your response going to be? God doesn't make robots. God gives you an opportunity right now to be obedient or not. Now, you can get mad at me and say, this is the worst sermon he's ever preached because he's got a Broncos jersey on. And what does he think? He says, birthday, ugh, throw this away, right? You can get mad at me. Or maybe you can submit to the holiness of God in your life. And you can say, God, 2023 is going to be different for me than 2022. Because I'm going to be obedient to you. And you humble yourself before God. And when we humble ourselves before God, what does he do? He exalts us. He lifts us up. Now that's the choice. So here's my question, my final question. What are you going to do with this? You can leave today. You can leave and say, I'm out. I'm glad this sermon's over. Let's go watch the Chiefs destroy the Broncos. Woohoo! Let's have a great old day. And I'm going to tell you, in 2023, nothing will change in your life. Nothing will change. And, and, and I'll be, we'll be back in 2024. And you're going to say, why is my life still a disaster? You can come and you can sit in the pew. You can leave. Never serve. Never give your best. And you could be a revolving door number that I don't see in 2024. Or... You can be obedient to Christ and say, God, I'm going to give you my best. Maybe for the first time in my life, I'm going to give you my best. 
not my least. You're going to get my best. You're going to get the best of my gifts that I've given you, that you've given me in, in, in service. You're going to get the best of my time. You're going to get the best of my talents. You're going to get the best of what you have given me to manage. You're going to get my best, God, in how I'm a husband, how I'm a father, how I'm a servant. You're going to get my best, God. You're going to get my best. And you know what's going to happen? You're going to leave here exalted, and God's going to fire you up. And then you get people in your life to hold you accountable to the commitments that you make. You have to be obedient. Here, that's the choice. That's the choice. We're not robots. You're either obedient or you're not. Listen, I hope on a personal level, 2023 is the best year you've ever had. Listen, one, one thing that really just, oh, it's a heartache for me, is when I see people that maybe they attend every once in a while or maybe they did for a long time and they quit and they're not going anywhere and they, came up, they come up to me and I'll give them a hug just like I would if they're here every Sunday. And I'll say, how are you doing? You're doing good. I love seeing you. Man, I miss you. I love seeing you. Oh, I plan on coming back, preacher. I'm going to be there in two weeks and I never see them. They're not lying to me. They're lying to God. So don't come up here and say, I'm going to do this or do that. Because when you do that, you're lying to God. Don't make a commitment this morning is what I'm saying, unless you mean it. Don't commit yourself unless you mean it. But I'm telling you, if you don't, if you don't want to follow God passionately, like we've just talked about, 2023 is going to be the same as 2022. It's going to be the same. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. My prayer this morning is that this year is the best year in the history of this church. That people are saved, they're baptized, they're discipled. That we are making disciples. I didn't even touch on that this morning, all the discipleship that's happened. As we grow in our service to the King, to the Lord Jesus. That we reach more people. That our families are passionately changed for Christ. Let love and faithfulness never leave us. Remember why we're doing what we're doing. It's not to make ourselves look good in front of anybody. It's because we have love and faithfulness to Christ who saved us. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. You put your faith and trust in Him. Not be wise in your own eyes. Not try to work it out on your own. You trust in Him and His work to work it out. God, I'm going to honor you with what you've given me to manage. And it's going to be the best, not the least. I'm going to honor you. And then when I do mess up and I get smoked, I'm not going to despise the one who smoked me. I'm going to honor him and humble myself and recommit and get back on track. The one thing I always say, I'm going to say this till the day I die, I love that we serve a Lord God that allows us to make U-turns in our life. I love that. That we can get off track, and he says, get on back on the train. Get back on the train track. Get back on the rail. And he allows us to come back. He doesn't despise us and kick us out. I ask you to stand this morning. If you need to come, you can come. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, for this morning. I thank you for this church. And Lord, we worship you for what all you've done in 2022. It's not individual effort. It's not an elder. It's not... A preacher, 
It's not any member. It is you working. And Lord, I pray that you continue to work in people's hearts. Lord, let us be a church that, God, you're proud of. That, that you want to honor. That you want to bless. That you'll continue to send people here. We'll sit continually to see people being saved and discipled. And Lord, we're furthering your kingdom, not our own. It's in your name I pray. Amen.
Thank you, guys. Mike, come on up here. So one of my most favorite things, like I'm just like a, I guess a kid on Christmas morning. I don't know what else, I don't know an analogy I can use, but I'm just like a hog going to slop. I don't know, whatever you want to think. Is when somebody walks up to me and says, I got questions about salvation. I'm like, oh, yeah, let's have a meeting. So Wednesday night after church, me and Mike went into this side room. And we talked about what it means to be a follower of Christ and, and what that looks like. And, and uh, ha- what does someone have to do to be saved? And, and I always use the analogy. I usually start off, and if, if any of you guys, a lot of you have been in a meeting like this with me uh, that I've baptized, I always say, uh, somebody just shot me in the chest. i got two minutes to live. How can I be in heaven? And I see what, find out what they think salvation is. Right, and me and Mike spent about thirty minutes or so uh, Wednesday night, and his his uh, mates there faithfully waited in the van for him. But we spent about thirty minutes, and um, Mike Wednesday night uh, cried out to God to save him and professed Jesus as Lord and Savior. So we have we have another baptism to do. So I'm excited about that. Um, another Go baptism. To do. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> We got three. <laughs> we got three that we're gonna do. Um, yeah, so we got three baptisms. You got anything you want to say? Thank you. So I just want to profess uh, Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, he's doing a great job, uh, guys, in the program. He's going through the program, and um, in the prayer, I, I prayed for him. I said I prayed that he would have a humble heart and be obedient to the people that God put in authority over him. It's a prayer for all of us in our lives, right? Because uh, every, every one of us have somebody that's in authority above us. So, um, yeah, here's the, I want you to stand right here. They're going to come around. I want you to come around and congratulate him when we close here um, and, and just welcome him in. Here's, here's the uh, benediction day. It's Psalm 37, 4 through 6. It says, Delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. What's this whole thing been about today? Loving the Lord. Following Him. Committing your life to Him. That He's your Lord and your Savior. That's it. Somebody, it, It's hard sometimes when somebody comes and says they're having problems with this or problems with that. Because what, what I want to tell them is such a basic answer. It's be open and honest with people that will help you and hold you accountable. And love God. Love God. Love God. Follow the Lord. And, and, they'll, and, and be honest and open with people around you that will help you with what you're struggling with. Guys, we, everybody in here has something that they're struggling with in their life, including me. We should be a hospital that helps people. Right? Be open with one another. Love one another. Support one another as we walk uh, in the Lord in 2023. I'm going to ask Alan Greenfield, would you close us in prayer this morning?